0: What are you like? (laughs) She's off. She's gone. We've lost her. (laughs) Meanwhile, I will very gently sip my peppermint tea. In your Moomins mug? In my Moomins mug? What is wrong with a oh, Moomins mug?
1: Over it. that's
0: brilliant. I mean that—that's a design classic. Oh. That is Moomin Mama hugging Moomin Papa. What is your problem? <laughs> I love this little insight into
1: your world, darling. It's great. Well, what's your mug? Mine's a hand-painted mug from Portugal, bought on holiday. Oh yeah, of course it is.
0: <laughs> well, mine's mine's painted by a factory in Finland. <laughs> right then.
1: Okay, are you doing some slurping? I will be slurping at various points throughout the podcast, so yeah,
0: prepare yourself, prepare your ears. Nice, attractive. It is, yes. right then, are you ready? Hello and welcome to The Great Indoors.
1: The podcast which reveals everything you ever needed to know about interiors and explains how to make it all really work for you in your home.
0: I'm Kate Watson-Smythe. And I'm, ooh, just burping. (laughs) (laughs) I tell you what. This show is all class, isn't it? Oh, I'll teach me to slurp my old grey, won't it? Yeah, well. <laughs> I'll just go back to my genteel peppermint tea and my nice booming mug. <laughs> my glass keeps steaming up. This is a disaster.
1: Right. Okay. I'm Sophie Robinson. It goes without saying that we love making this podcast and we couldn't do it without the love and support of our members, the Great Indoors Insiders. If you'd like to support the podcast, enjoy ad-free listening, get bonus content, as well as first dibs on any events or trips, you can sign up and become a friend of the show by visiting thegreatindoorspodcast.com. Now today we hand the mic to you lovely lot as it's our monthly star surgery episode and you have sent us some brilliant design dilemmas but before we get stuck in a word about our lovely sponsors Natural Mat, who make beds and mattresses by hand in Devon using natural organic and
0: renewable materials with absolutely zero chemicals, synthetics or glues. Did you know that their mattresses can be found in some of the top hotels around the world, including the fabulous Hoxton, as well as in boutique getaways, the Bull Inn in Totnes and the Rose in Deal. NaturalMut also work with interior designers as they make everything
1: themselves so they can accommodate pretty much any bespoke request, from custom-shaped headboards to pattern-matching the most intricate fabrics. Customers can choose from Natural Mat's selection of in-house organic fabrics or even supply
0: their own. Yes, I used Natural Mat for a big project I did in central London last year. I was consulting on five apartments in a listed building and we wanted to make everything as sustainable as we could. So in addition to using vintage furniture and eco paint, we also specified Natural Mat for all the beds.
1: To learn more about Natural Mat's organic beds and mattresses, head to their website at naturalmat.co.uk or visit one of their
0: showrooms in London, Devon and the Cotswolds. And listeners can receive 10% off their first order with Natural Matte either online, in-store or over the phone, by using the code TGI10 for 10% off their first order with us. Valid until the 30th of November, 2023. Fabulous stuff! Now, let's crack on with the show. We've got some really juicy style dilemmas for you this week. And let's start off with Mandy Winters, who says, Morning ladies, have just moved into an interwar semi-detached which has not been touched for 20 years. Wow. I can hear Lucy. She's excited as well. She is. She's sitting on a chair next to me going... Has she got some <laughs> thoughts? Has she got some <laughs> thoughts on this design
1: telephone. Shall I leave her here?
0: If she Let's gets leave noisy, her here and see I'll how can, she gets on. Yeah. So Mandy and Lucy, are very excited at the prospect of such a creative project, and she has colour-schemed it to within an inch of its life, apart from one room, my new main bedroom, south-facing, overlooking farmland, and flooded with light. It's roughly 5.5 metres by 2.5 metres so long and thin. My dilemma is this. I really should have Dark colours in this bedroom so that it resonates with the rest of the house. But all the advice is to have light colours in a light room. I would be grateful for your views or further suggestions of wall colours. I really don't want to go light. And then to paraphrase, she's given us some sense of colours, which she's got some dark blue. Her red thread is a farrow and ball sort of chocolatey brown colour called Mole's Breath, which is on the picture rails. She's got lots of florals, greens and yellow. So it's quite colourful. And she says, any ideas? I'm really struggling. And thank you, Mandy, who finishes by saying she's listened to every edition of the podcast. So bedrooms, I mean, light or dark, where do we start? Well,
1: it's interesting, isn't it? I love these like rules that get touted around. That If you've got a light filled room, then you must paint it in a light colour. I mean, that's hogwash from the get-go, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you do necessarily. I think... Light flooded rooms are great because they can take all kinds of things.
0: Well, I agree with you. I mean, the whole point, you know, we spoke last week about about using chocolate and my sitting room in the last house, which was chocolate brown, was a south facing room. And I completely felt that it could take those dark colors. We kept the ceiling kind of creamy white and the floors were painted creamy white. So we didn't color drench it like you're doing, but it could absolutely take those dark colors and still retain some light. So, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure about that rule
1: yeah I don't think it's right I think if you like colour go for it one thing to bear in mind though is if you go for anything bright towards the strong but bright it will look really bright in a light flooded room it will all get
0: Yes, amped up. Mm,
1: they will you? get really amped up. But you mentioned liking some Farren Ball colours. You you put here that you're considering Farren Ball stiffy blue, which is a very dark
0: note. Stooky blue. Stooky oh, blue. stooky. He yes, apparently. Stiffky. It's spelt stiffy for all those, but it's pronounced stooky and it's the colour of a stone in Norfolk. Oh, um. There we go. Okay, I need my jingle back for my fascinating... (laughs) (laughs) It's 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 quite a dark blue. But it's a really dark blue. See, I
1: think that would work really well because that isn't going to go electric blue, but it will probably feel a bit
0: brighter than if it was in a dark room. The one thing I would say about bedrooms in terms of rules of light and dark. So it's not, you know, you have to keep it light if you've got a light-filled room. But what I have worked out over the years is it's worth working out if you are what we might call an owl or a lark. Because if you are a lark that likes to get up early in the morning and, and, you know, sort of bounce out of bed, I'm not sure you want a dark bedroom because I think that's very cocooning and cosy and that feels, for the sake of argument, a bit more owl-like. And I have worked out that i i can't deal with a dark bedroom i can't get out of bed in a dark bedroom you know it's lovely in the evening it's all nice and cozy but in the morning i can't get up i actually need a paler lighter bedroom to get me up in the morning so i think you've got to decide mandy first before you get into what the specific colors are you know if you want a dark bedroom because that is how you will get up in the morning and feel relaxed then go for it and if you want a light bedroom do that and in terms of relating it to the rest of the house just because the rest of the house is darker again doesn't mean the bedroom has to be you could have pale walls and a dark carpet you could have it all pale with deep dark jewel-like cozy bedding so you know there's ways of bringing in dark you can choose the color sophie well she talks about
1: liking dark and jewel rich colors and she also talks about loving um she says she wants her whole house to feel like i live in an art gallery bookshop music room i think that's a lovely isn't that a great vibe i I love that completely see that i can completely see that so the other good thing about these rich dark tones is they look great with bookcases gallery walls of art don't they so it's not you know what I what you've got to remember is the wall colour doesn't stop there it's all the things you put with it the drapes that you hang next to it the art that you hang on the walls your headboard you maybe you're going to have a bookcase in there so it's all the other elements and dark tones look great with all of that too
0: I would be tempted and you've probably done this already Mandy but for anyone else who's listening if you've got one room that stands out you've planned all the others and we're very used to putting a mood board or a whole palette together per room, you know, and you will all have seen Sophie doing this on her Instagram – um, but then you know step take it a step further out and put together all of those colors so you can then see you know how they're all working together and maybe you've got a little bit less of this color so the bedroom might be a place to bring that up or is there another color within that palette that you can use for that last room so that the whole thing feels cohesive so you know just step further back out from the room by room paletting or mood boarding and do the house and there will be a gap in there or one colour that you suddenly go I love that and I want to see more of that and use that
1: it's so interesting you say that because obviously going brown
0: in the tv snug oh yes and if you haven't caught last week's episode (laughs) can I refer you can I refer you back to that yes so for those of you who haven't yet heard it (laughs) Sophie's painting her tv room chocolate brown I'm just going to leave that there well it's a plum it's a plum pudding brown I
1: didn't do pure chocolate brown. It didn't feel right. And actually, the, the, the brownie colour I've gone for has got a lot more red plummy tones to it. And actually, it's not dissimilar from my Kitchen Island. So it's not actually a red herring colour at all because my Kitchen Island is... It's a magnet colour. It's called Burlington Red, but it's quite dark, isn't it? And it is red, It is a reddy colour, but it's a brownie red. And actually, this uh, colour that we're using in the TV side, even though it's the opposite end of the house, it is... Similar tonally so I think that's the thing to ask yourself and also anyone who's thinking oh I've decorated my house all these rich dark colours I can't then have a light room yes you can so on one side of the house I've got this very dark plummy brown tv snug moving through into fairly dark blue hallway and then into a really light kitchen and then into kind of like a pastel coloured conservatory. And I love the fact that on one end of the house, it's light and bright, which is where we spend our time in the day. And then you retire to the other end of the house where you watch TV in the evenings and it's dark and cocooning. So you can absolutely have different saturations of colour in different rooms.
0: And also one thing, I mean, this comes back to the dark colours, but you've said you've got this mole's breath on the picture rail throughout the house on woodwork and trim, and that's the thread. You could do the bedroom in mole's breath, just maybe the wall up to the picture rail or if you do the same thing and have the woodwork in the bedroom then you've got that red thread you've linked it and you could go for just if you like a pale bedroom a sort of stone colour which is quite muted but you could have strong colours on the curtains and bedroom you know so I think I think actually you've got more freedom than you think you have. And it does come back to, which is, you know, not helpful at all, as bad as helpful as a chocolate teapot, talking of chocolate, is to the colours you like. But I think, you know, have a look. We talk, we've talked a lot on this podcast about it's not enough to just pick a colour you like. You have to also assess how that color makes you feel so put together all those colors and you mentioned that one of the bedrooms is painted in ball arsenic which is quite a a minty green you know it's a very beautiful color I couldn't have that in a bedroom. I find that too sort of energetic and stressful. It's quite that. similar
1: to my old bedroom with
2: yeah, a turquoise Yeah, it's a sort of
0: turquoisey mm. green. It's not a relaxing colour for me, although I think it's a very pretty colour. And actually my my second book was painted in that colour. Well, the cover is that colour. You then talk about, hay, a soft yellow. I love that. That's more relaxing. So, So look at the colours that you've got throughout the whole house. Find the one that matches the mood of the bedroom, you know, and then take it from there. And it will come together because you've, you've put the whole of the rest of the house together. But I think that the main takeaway is ignore that rule. It doesn't have to be light just because it's a light room. Now we've got a voice note
2: that's been sent in by Jenna. Hi Sophie and Kate, it's Jenna here calling from Cheshire. I've got a bit of a design dilemma for you. I recently moved from a Victorian property which had very high ceilings into a new build which has got quite low ceilings on the whole. We're thinking of decorating soon and I was wondering what is the best colour to paint the ceiling to try and make them look higher? So initially I was thinking of painting them white because I thought that would give the rooms an area feel. But then I wondered whether or not taking the wall colour up and over the ceiling would actually be better to sort of trick the eye so that you can't actually see where the wall turns into the ceiling and vice versa. Yeah, I need to ask the experts. Thanks very much. Bye.
1: Oh, Jen, a great
2: question. And applies
0: to so many people, I think, because, you know, all modern houses have lower ceilings.
1: Yeah, all cottage type houses like mine, I've got really low ceilings. My ceilings are barely, barely just over two metres. They're really low. So, shall I kick off with what I've done? I'm going to get it out of the way because Kate's not going to like it. Oh, here we go. We're only on question two we're having a row. <laughs> I've got white ceilings. Hello? <gasps> I've got white ceilings. I banned white.
0: I mean, I think it was, you know, five years ago in yeah, 2018, I banned white ceilings. Series
1: one, Kate banned white ceilings. But before I hand over to Kate and she justifies why she's banned white ceilings, I'm going to start off with an argument for white ceilings in low ceilinged houses so i think also the ceiling is the thing is as well you can't isolate your ceiling it is part of the overall decoration and scheme so it's not just have them all white so for example in my kitchen I've got a and when I say white it is an off-white never have anything in trade brilliant white awful colour I've matched an off-white to match in with the background of the wallpaper because I just didn't want the ceiling to fight with the wallpaper so the wallpaper's got a white background it's got beautiful multicolored flowers and then that background white wraps up onto the ceiling also wanted the room to feel as light flooded as possible and we all know Those sort of very, very light tones will bounce the light back into the room. Then moving through into my office is not a white ceiling. It's a very pale blue ceiling because in this room I've picked out one of the paler shades in the mural wallpaper, which is a sky blue. Picked a lighter tone and painted the ceiling in a pale blue because actually a white would really jar with the wallpaper because there is no white in the mural. So that would have been a fight. So no white ceiling in the office, but still a light colour. It's my office. I want it to feel light and airy. Then if I can move you through to the room next door to my office, the new TV snug, hotly much talked about, about to go plum chocolate. I've colour drenched it and I've painted the ceiling the same colours of the walls in this really really dark colour because this is a room we use in the evening I want it to feel really cosy and you're right there is something about blending away the edges of the room which does help to lift it and open it up I don't feel like the ceiling's falling in on us at all however I've killed the light in there I mean it's like a cave you know to be honest but it's a TV room and I like that snug feeling so in short Jenna there's three different coloured ceilings just on the ground floor
0: of my home alone. I would think to to sort of take that on, I, I agree with all of that, to not have the brilliant white ceiling unless you've got brilliant white walls and... You know, so so when I when I banned white paint on the ceiling, it was more to do with the fact that it can be too much of a contrast with a color that you might have spent, you know, lots of money on tester pots trying to find the right color for the walls. And then people just do the ceiling in white because they don't think it through. So so my banning of of white ceilings was not the white ceiling per se. It was not just doing a white ceiling because you haven't thought about it. So I totally agree with Sophie. You want something tonal, something soft. The obvious solution is that you do the walls and the ceiling the same colour and it blurs the edges. So Sophie's done it dark in her TV room. You might have a room that's a TV room or a bedroom that you might want dark and cosy. Or you can do it all in pale. But that's the sort of most obvious way to blur the edges. I've done in my sitting room, I've done a uh, it's tonal. So I've got very pale plaster pink walls and then I've got a slightly darker plaster pink over the picture rail and ceiling. Now you probably, if it's a new build, haven't got a picture rail. You can use a laser pointer and you can make a point to just bring the ceiling down a bit over the wall if you want to, or just do it tonally. So colour-wise, I think dark or light, try and keep them similar or tonal. The other point I would think, which occurs to me with low ceilings and I notice this about bedrooms is I think you might want to swerve the pendant light because there's nothing that brings the ceiling down when you've got a pendant light hanging from it and I think it's true to say and I await I for hundreds of people to correct me that ceiling lights that are flush to the ceiling they look a bit bathroom and they haven't quite caught up there's been huge strides in lighting in recent years and there are a lot of beautiful wall lights around which you know took a while to catch up but Your flush ceiling lights, I think, can be a little bit bathroom. So if you can, there are two things to do if you've got a pendant light. So what I've done in my bedroom is I've moved... The wiring, so that I have a pendant light, but it hangs down in the corner and I have it hanging over a little table in the corner with a plant over it, I still get that central light switch and the room is lit up, but I'm not having a pendant light, you know, drawing attention to the fact that the ceiling is low down or you can do the same thing and change your central rows to a two-way gangway so you can have two wires coming out of it and you can drape two bedside lights down either side of the bed which frees up space in a small room on a bedside table still gives you that pendant light thing but you bring them lower down by the bed and then it's basically avoiding that sense of some sort of massive great swinging light in the middle of the room which just draws attention to the fact that your ceiling is lower.
1: Excellent. I had not considered the lighting point. Yeah, you just come
0: to me with any of your design dilemmas, love. Well, here. it's
1: it's interesting. I don't have any pendant lights in, in my home and that's why. Well, that's you You probably right. instinctively yes. didn't do them. Very, yeah, really very good. Absolutely. Right. Let's hear from Claire. She says... I would love your styling advice on some curtains for our lounge. Despite being a textile designer, I struggle choosing curtain and blind fabrics. And in my last house, went for the very easy option of shutters. Oh, Claire. How could you? <laughs> All that fabric to choose from. All that fabric to choose from. Right. Anyway, she goes on. My new front room has a curved window, but not a traditional bay. And I think it will benefit from curtains. But I have no idea where to begin patterned, plain, heavy, light. I've attached some pictures in its current state. The paint color is tobacconist. The sofas will be in Linwood Velvet Sienna. And she's
0: attached a picture. So, well, I'm I'm. Talk- for those of you who are not looking at the photos and I'm not looking at them currently. That speaks to me of, of shades of mm, brown, uh, <laughs> sand, sienna, tobacco. So it's interesting that because it's a great colour that as a base because it loves blue. If you get the right shade of pink. Oh, it's right up your Straza.
1: There you go. So, uh white ceilings down to picture rail, white window, and then this earthy greeny brown. And then oh, I can see the swatches in the window which are your more your clay terracotta colors. So that's the palette. Oh, and a lovely sofa in a kind of um clay terracotta velvet.
0: Well, I'm I'm going pattern. Oh, I'm, I'm going you. pattern for oh, the curtain. I know. Oh, well, no. Yeah. Oh, hello. I, no, I think so. I mean, you've got plain sofa, you've got plain walls with no wallpaper. I mean, I think I think that's a great w- way to bring in some pattern Or a stripe could be nice. Or, you know, there's that other thing which I made you do in your last bedroom, which was a plain, <laughs> a plain <laughs> oh, curtain I... with trim. Do you remember yes. you put the pom-poms down the edge? So, I mean, it's very difficult, Claire, because, you know, you can throw out pattern or plain what to do. I mean, ultimately... You have got to take the time to look deep into your soul and see where your instincts are lying.
1: Well, I can give you a few more insights because I've got the pictures here. There's a lovely Moroccan rug on the floor in lovely, buffy, pinky, browny, beige colours. With a gorgeous cat having a little sleep on it. Bright white painted floorboards. The sofa's very modern in shape, very sort of, you know, uh, squared edged corner sofa so uh, there's a lovely sort of danish rosewood mid-century modern sideboard in there so you're getting my vibe so i'm going not
0: floral it's quite mid-century modern i'm going not floral for the curtains. and there ain't no pom-poms either i'll tell you that there ain't no no pom-poms so i think let's go geometric stripe a pattern I think would be great, but I think you want a, a, quite a geometric one. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. A stripe, a geometric, and a cap print. And picking up in this, the colour of the sofa, which is this lovely terracotta warm colour, would be really
0: nice. I hate to plug your product, Sophie, but I am sort of wondering whether your diagonal stripe might be quite nice.
1: Yeah, the diagonal stripe would be nice, but I'm not sure we do it in the right colour. We do a sticky, I tell you what, I do a sticky grass burnt orange stripe, which is a brush, hand brush stroke Print and uh, you can buy ready-made curtains in it from john lewis
0: you might have to order a sample to see if it goes with the with the rest of it but i think a diagonal stripe's quite nice
1: i'm looking at the pictures it goes quite well it would go quite well i think a burnt orange would be really nice in here but a diagonal stripe yes 100 might uh, be really nice yeah you. yeah just something not not so ordinary you're not a floral girl i'm, I'm feeling it Claire.
0: because the thing I, it's interesting that stripe thing i kind of feel that that for your classic stripe, horizontal or vertical, I feel that lends itself better to blinds. Whereas actually, a diagonal stripe works quite well in a curtain. That may just be that may just be a, a, mm, a wrong instinct. A but... fat,
1: broad stripe on a curtain, I enjoy.
0: Yeah. Do you remember
1: my red and white, really wide stripe curtains? Gosh. People loved those curtains. They were just some ready-mades from Habitat.
0: So I think we'll
1: help you along with, we think, a geometric pattern to go with your mid-century. And something with a bit of texture, actually. Sorry, just circling back. I think you've got your velvet sofa, you've got your Moroccan rug, you've got your lovely rosewood. So maybe something woven or linen. I think a weave, yes. Something, get some texture in there be really nice
0: but i think color wise you can absolutely stick with that tonal where you are sort of oranges sands browns tobaccos caramels or you could you know disrupt it and go with a sort of teal color or a blue and then just make sure you've got some cushions on the sofa that tie in with it they don't have to match let's not go matchy matchy but just a bit of color that brings it all together so that the curtains don't just like they've been sort of tacked on at the end
1: Amazing, Claire. We want to see pics when it's finished. We do. We're loving we do. it. Come on. Imbra- You're a textile designer. Have a word. Yes, have uh, <laughs> word. I mean, if you don't know, I know. I know. Right. Okay. Next up, we hear from Emma, and she sent us this voice note.
2: Hi, Sophie and Kate. It's Emma from near Bath, and we've just moved into a 1920s bath stone property. Needs a lot of work. It's a bit shabby around the edges, lots of um, anaglypta and wood chip wallpaper and needs a complete rewire, which we're doing next. So my question is, given that it's going to be a bit of a blank canvas and there's going to be a lot of making good from the rewire, how art deco do we go without being cliche? I want to bring in a bit of that touch to kind of reflect the age of the house, but it's not a overtly art deco property like some you see so it's how do you bring that in in a subtle way with nice little touches and I'm probably more on the maximalist side than the minimalist I like lots of colour drawn perhaps more to darker colours and willing to be quite bold so uh, yeah that would be great if you could give me any advice on how to do that thank you this is such an interesting topic, isn't it? Because you, you
0: get this a lot. And I think it's what, what Kevin McLeod on Grand Designs always gets really stressed about, people producing what he calls Disney-fied pastiche houses, you know, where people either recreate or adhere so specifically to a period or a time that it it begins to look not real and they've lost their personality. And so it's about, I think the most successful way of doing it so that it doesn't look like a museum because you absolutely could go that sort of celadon and black 1930s tiles all over. You might have dark deco windows and then it it does look either like a museum or there's nothing modern about it. So it's a hard one to do. And this puts me in mind, actually, I was watching on Catch Up the other day an episode of Your Home Made Perfect, when you know I love that. It's the the virtual reality design show. And this architect was given a brief from the husband and wife. She loved the Titanic, i.e. Art Deco ships, And he loved the pyramids. And they were like, there you go. And this poor architect, I thought his head was going to fall off. How do you, first of all, you know, this was a a sort of, you know, semi-detached house in North London. And the brief is pyramids and the Titanic. I mean, A, how do you marry those two things? And B, how do you do those things which are both on quite a grand scale into a, you know, standard three-bedroom house? And the architect was really clever because he did an extension in the kitchen and he had lots of beams of it going up to not a point, but a central skylight. And he kept the beams. So that was a sort of pyramid thing, but it effectively looked like a vaulted kitchen ceiling. It was very clever. And then he chose a kind of green colour to paint those beams, which he married to the outside and the rest of the decor, which was a bit more of the Art Deco colour. And he brought in the stained glass windows from the front and put them in the kitchen. So that... The point I'm getting to is that he thought very laterally about that brief to bring that into that house. And I think you can absolutely do that with the Art Deco. You know, if you've got original features such as windows and doors and fireplaces, by all means, keep those, don't throw them out because they're perfect. But in terms of colours, you can take a bit of the colour if you like it, you know, and, and just kind of, bring in elements of Art Deco colours, or it was quite geometric Art Deco, wasn't it? It was the machine age. So you can bring in that as well. Sophie's absolutely about to interrupt me and say she doesn't like that, but... All I'm saying is don't be too slavish to it. Take a bit of lateral thinking. But
1: I think all the signs are right for Emma. She loves colour. She's a maximalist. These are all things that feed into drawing inspiration from the Art Deco period, 100%. As Kate said, you just shouldn't do a copycat. I wouldn't go into the archives and copy an Art Deco interior. It would look really wrong anyway, I think, for this day and age. And also your home, it's got more of an Edwardian feel perhaps and, you know, it hasn't got the crittle window and the kind of like curved frontage and it doesn't look like a ship which we think of with the real classic art deco so I think you, you've got a lot more freedom I don't think the architecture of your home is particularly dictatorial at all and there, here's the thing art deco was such a fabulous era designers are still even today drawing inspiration I mean I'm just thinking of like contemporary designers design divine savages for example a wallpaper duo who make the most incredible maximalist fabrics and wallpapers but but it's more flamingos and peacocks, perhaps, than the more brutal industrial streamlined kind of. Well, and, and of course, deco. the other
0: thing that I think people even forget about is the scallop design. I mean, that's very deco. And over the last few years, we've seen—I can't tell you how many scallop chairs, scallop bedheads, scallop tiles. You know, that's all actually very deco. So you could go, you know, just scallop tiles and you can get those from Top's tiles in really pretty colours.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the whole sort of the whole sort of great Gapsby sort of inspiration, I think, has still been pulled through into contemporary designs today. So if you sort of do a bit of a Google on modern deco, for example, modern deco decor, it might give you more of an up-to-date twist on this look. And you can then, you know, have quite an eclectic home, a very maximalist home. It's rich on colour for sure. It's all the navies and the emeralds and those deep jewel colours and metallics and mirror. Um, so oh, I think you can have mirror, real yeah, fun with it. I think you can and you can go as glam as you want. You could go full on flapper girl with this or you can rein it in. And probably more Kate's aesthetic would be to, you know, just take a few
0: elements and pair it right back. And also, I mean, there was quite a lot of black in deco. so. You you know, things outlined in black or black stripes across tiles. Again, d- depending on your colour palette, black might be too heavy, but absolutely a navy or a dark green as a punctuation. You know, If you're doing a bathroom with a row of tiles, you could do a, a, a dark green stripe across the middle. That would just be a nod to that kind of Art Deco style without feeling so slavish, because instead of doing it in black, you do it in a different colour. So sort of have a look at, as Sophie says, what was there originally and see what bits you like and how you might adopt them, whether it's a colour or a shape sprinkled throughout but just don't do a carbon copy of it
1: oh I tell you a great designer to look at as well is um, Siobhan Murphy interior curve on Instagram.
0: She lives in a deco house, doesn't she? She she
1: lives in a very typical deco house and the architecture of her home is quite dictatorial. Lots of arches and curved walls and crittle windows and all the rest of it. But she is just living her best modern deco life. She's even got a new range of curtains and blinds, I noticed, that have launched this month. But she's gone full flamingo, scallop shells, golden glitz it's a maximalist dopamine dose of fabulousness i'm completely here for can it. i
0: just say as much as i love siobhan it's a bit much for me so you can <laughs> you can't it back you can rain it right back <laughs> in short emma
1: i think you've picked a beautiful home it's well proportioned it's absolutely stunning it's a blank canvas just waiting for You to inject your own personality into it, and I hope you have a lot of fun. The
0: other thing is that Edwardian homes, as you say, they're not necessarily overtly deco. So the Edwardians, that's when they started building bigger villas because they were commuting, they wanted to live in the country. The houses were often built to look like mini country houses. So that's a whole different you know, you don't have to go deco if you don't want to, just because it's that period. If it hasn't got those deco features, then go Edwardian, which is more kind of English country estate. Yeah, and the house and the house is exactly that,
1: Kate. It looks like a little mini country mansion. Well, there you go. Yeah. Oh, lots of fun. Lots and lots of fun. Exciting. Now, as a treasured member of the great Indoors Podcast Insiders Club, we always promise you bonus material. And as part of the monthly star surgery, our promise is to answer the insiders' questions. And today... We hear from Philippa, who has a rather brilliant question about relinquishing control with her 14 year old teenage boy, should she let him design his own bedroom. And then Mia has a question about the best layout for fitted wardrobes. So to listen, to Kate and I's opinions on these fabulous questions, you will need to be a member of the Great Indoors Insiders so to do so, you can simply hop on over to the greatindoorspodcast.com website sign up either monthly or you can get a really lovely large discount if you become an annual subscriber.
0: Otherwise that's all for this week, thank you so much for sending in your design dilemmas and do keep them coming you can email us at help. At thegreatindoorspodcast.com. And we do a Design Dilemma show once a month. So you've got a couple of weeks to get your questions in, and we'll hopefully be able to answer them for you. And in the
1: meantime, thank you so much to Natural Matt for sponsoring the show. Don't forget that discount code TGI10 for 10% off your first order, which is valid until the 30th of November, 2023. Thanks too to our producer, Sarah Cudden of Feast Collective. And thank you to you for listening. And we'll see you in the great indoors.
0: What are you drinking, by the way, with
1: the slurper? you stopped slurping. Oh, grey. With a pea protein milk. I've now up leveled from my oat milk and i now drink pea pea protein milk why (sighs) because it's got protein in it what it's really nice Highly recommend pea protein milk. It's called Sprout. I, I can't Look even. at the face. Look, I can't at the face. No, I'm just processing. The um, face is seeing it all. Get back into your Moomin
0: mug. Uh, Get back to hugging, I'm drinking Mama peppermint tea. And the mad husband, a.k.a. Mrs. Miggins, is hopefully about to bring me a cup of coffee. We don't no milk. None of your pea. I don't want right. peas in my coffee. No. Oof. No, yeah, try it. It's nice. It's totally flavourless. It's really lovely. Are we doing an advert for pea milk? Has someone forgotten to tell me? If you're out there, Sprout, and you'd like to sponsor (laughs) the Great Indoors and send me a box of pea protein milk. Yuck, don't send me uh, any. Right.